Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we take the Word of God and preach a timely message from the pulpit of Victory Baptist Church of Fallon, Nevada. Get in the car and get ready to go with us, because it's going to be a a great year of us moving forward in Christ. Um, If you will, take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 22 through 24, those are our theme verses uh, for this year, uh, and we'll get to those here in just a few moments. Um, and so this year, our theme is foundations. Um, I'm excited about what this year has and, I, and what I believe that God has for us as a church. We have a wide variety of people who are part of our church. Uh, some of you have just recently put your faith in, in Jesus Christ. And uh, you've been baptized and you've you've sat through a time of discipleship. Some of you are, are new to the area. You've been a part of another church in the past, but God has put you here at Victory for such a time as this. Uh, others of you, you're still visiting and, and, and trying to see, is this where God would have us fit in? And one thing that you'll always know is uh, what I've always told people as they come and visit our church. I don't believe that we are the only good church. I believe that there are other churches who preach the word of God and teach the word of God, and I'm not so selfish to say that this is the only church you can come to, but if this is where God would have you be, we would love for you to be here, but we want it to be God's will for you to be here, and not for us to try to force that on you, so you will never find me trying to force you and say, you got to join our church, but if you are willing, and and you feel like victory is where God would have you be, uh, in just a few weeks, I'm going to schedule a uh, get to know victory class and uh, we'll go through our, our our constitution our doctrinal statement of what who we are as a church uh, we'll take a, a one one saturday for about three hours and we'll go through that we'll have lunch together we'll let you ask any questions that you want to ask and then you can decide well is this where i would like to join or not all right and so um, we'll do that here in a few weeks i'll, I'll get a date down uh, most likely to be the second uh, Saturday of February, but don't hold me to that right now. Okay, so uh, uh, I'll look at my calendar and try to get that. But if you're like, hey, I'm interested in knowing more about the church, even if you're still not sure if this is where God would have you be, but you're like, I want to know more about the church, we will have a Get to Know Victory class, and we'd love for you to sit through that. Others of you, you've been part of the church for a long time, uh, through transitions, through great times and not-so-great times. But today is the beginning of something that I believe is going to be a life-changing thing for all of us and set us on a course as a church for new growth, for a stronger faith, and a better perspective of our lives as Christians. I really believe that this is a turning point for us as a church. This is where we will start to see the church go into new heights and to new and greater things if we will dig in And we will learn to set the right foundations for everything that we do as a church. So buckle up. Let's enjoy the ride. I want to paint a picture of what I believe that God has for us this year and give you a vision for why I believe that this is. Uh, In 2024, our theme is foundations. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 through 24. We'll look at that in just a little bit. Our focus verse is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Aren't you thankful that God is faithful who promised? 
here's the thing. If we are building our foundation on the wrong things, we are not building our foundation on Christ, and we are not building our foundation on the Word of God, then our foundation is always going to be shaky. If we are building our foundation on the opinion of man and, and the standards of man and the thoughts of man and the theology of man, we are not building on what God has called us to build our faith on, and then our faith will waver. But if we are taking the word of God and we are knowing his word and we are living by his spirit and we are saying God is my foundation and him alone and his word is my only source for faith and practice. There is no other source for faith or practice, not the opinion of man, not the uh, opinion of a denomination, not the opinion of uh, uh, some big wig uh, down the road, pastor down the road, not even my opinion as the pastor of the church. But my foundation is built on his word and his word alone alone then guess what we're going to be on solid ground but a lot of times as churches we have started to let things creep in and we start building a facade of a foundation that's not good we'll get into that just a little bit further but he said let us hold fast that's that foundation where you're not going to waver the profession of our faith without wavering why because it's built on something solid for he is faithful at promise. The mission of 2024 is to help reestablish our minds on the foundational truths of the church, which is Christ's body, by seeking to teach and to preach the commands of Christ that we're instructed to in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20. In that passage of Scripture, uh, we looked at this a little bit on Wednesday night. It says, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded thee. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus said, you want to have a firm foundation? Teach my commandments. Uh, you want to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Don't only be saved and be baptized, but also learn to follow the commandments that I have given you. And we see those in the Gospels of the New Testament. Uh, and so uh, we want to uh, give the, the commands that Christ has given us to instruct in Matthew 28, verse 20. We want to teach and discuss the basic theology of the New Testament in a systematic way. We're going to do that on Wednesday nights and to teach all people from the youngest to the eldest the basic truths of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're doing at Sunday school with our catechism uh, teaching is we are learning the basics of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All those things are important. So, number one, why are we going back to the basics? Some of us might sit there and say, I don't understand why this pastor thinks we need to go back to the basics. I know it. I know the basics. I know what I need to know. I know the Bible well enough. I don't need to go back to the basics. Have any of you ever uh, stopped doing a certain type of math for a long time and then look at it 20 years later? Yeah? Okay, addition, subtraction, we use that all the time. Multiplication, uh, sometimes. Division, sometimes. The other day I had a, a boy at the school that said, hey, we're doing, uh, doing pre-algebra. And he said, can I come and bring the math to you? And I was like, uh, I said, we can try. <laughs> and so he went and grabbed his book and he brought it to me. I said, now, mind you, I've not looked at this for probably 22 years. And this is basic math in, in, in school. Right. Besides addition, and subtraction. But every child has to learn pre-algebra. I had to learn it. And I opened up the book 
And I was like, and he looked at me and said, you're not going to be any help, are you? <laughs> and I said, no. You're just going to have to wait for Colton to come back to the school because he knows how to do all this math. I've not looked at this in 20 years. It's the same thing in our Christian faith. Sometimes we think we know the basics, but it's important for us to go back to the basics to make sure what we remembered is actually true. That we haven't forgotten things. And so first I, wanna, I want you to understand why we're going back to the basics of the foundation of our faith. Much of this is coming from a deep personal uh, um, passion and a journey that I've been on for the last uh, year specifically, but over the last two and a half years. For these few years that I've been pastoring, you've heard me say many times we need to get back to the Word of God being our only authority for faith and practice. It's a strong standard that I truly believe that we need to uphold, and in many ways we began to move towards that direction with many of the things that we taught through these last two, two plus years. One of the reasons why we wanted to redo our church constitution is because there was a lot of man's opinion in it. And it's time to get back to the foundation of the Word of God and build everything that we do as a church on this and not the opinion of man. Um, you know, while we've looked at subjects such as the simplicity of Christ, setting things in order, and how to study the Bible, I believe it's now time for us to bring everything down to the foundational truths and then begin to rebuild from there. And so what I'm asking us to do is to examine our own homes, our, our own hearts, our foundations. It may be, and this is what I would really encourage you to do, is to break down all the walls in your, in your heart right now that you have, all the way down to the studs. Leave the studs up because you might want to rebuild some of those walls. But break it down all the way to the studs, to the foundation, and let's begin to examine the foundation of what we believe. Because here's the thing. If our foundation isn't right, the walls aren't going to stand. And it may be that as we get to the foundation and we begin to see some of those walls that we had built in our lives, we might say, you know what, that wall just needs to be taken out completely. The studs are all gone. And spiritually, I realize that I've been wrong in this area. <gasps> you want us to admit that we're wrong? Guess what? In the last year and a half, especially this past year, there have been many things as I've been going to the foundational truths of the word of God where I've had to say, you know what? That wall shouldn't have been there. This thing shouldn't have been there. I've been wrong in this area. I've been wrong in that area. So when I'm preaching to you and I'm teaching you the foundational things, I've had to go in and renovate my own heart with the help of Jesus Christ. I've had to learn things in my own life where I, I took a strong stand, but maybe that stand shouldn't have been taken. Now, pastor, are you telling us that we ought to get rid of standards? No, I'm not telling you that. Look, I understand that God gives us standards that are given by the Holy Spirit and they're personal standards. But there's also standards that he's given to us as a whole as Christians. Does it mean that personal standards are to be held to everybody? No, those are personal standards. Are there standards that Jesus Christ gives us in his word that's for everybody? Yes, those are the commands that we're going to be looking at throughout this year as we look at the commands of Christ. Those are absolute solid walls and foundations that we must have in our lives. The others, maybe not so much so. But as the Holy Spirit leads you, 
and guides you and directs you and says, hey, this is something that I think is important for your life, then it's important for your life. Look, none of you are going to have a picture of my family hanging in your house, right? I just put a bunch of pictures on our wall. We got some professional pictures done this year. I got them put on canvases. I hung them in my house. If I was to go to Glenn's house and I saw those same things in his house, I'd be like, what on earth do you have my pictures in your house for? <laughs> those are like personal standards, right? I don't want to see a picture of my family in somebody else's house. That's just weird. Okay, and so when it comes to personal standards, I don't want to apply my personal standards to anybody else's life because the Holy Spirit has to do that in your life. And he gives you those things. Now, we've looked at all those different things. This isn't to say that we've gotten off of our foundation. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that any of you have gotten off your foundation. You may have, though. Right, because sometimes the foundations must be repaired reassured and reinforced. This is not a concept foreign to the word of God, but I believe it may be a concept that's foreign to the church. Well, pastor, we've done things that way for the last 25 years, so it must be right. Really? Hmm, Let's examine scripture. Well, we don't need to examine the scripture. The pastor said, no, we need to examine scripture. We need to know God's word. He tells you to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth no reproof. It is your job as an individual to know God's word. Is it important for me to preach God's word? Absolutely. But if you're not knowing God's word, then how are you going to know what's being preached from the pulpit is God's word? How are you going to know what's being taught is true to what God says? It is our job as individual Christians to know this word and not only build our our church on this foundation, but our own spiritual lives on this foundation. So important. This is not foreign, though, to the word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we'll have those verses up here, we're coming to the end of Moses' life. He's ready to hand over the leadership responsibility to Joshua. But before he does so, he gives the children of Israel one last command concerning the law. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 31, 9 through 13. And Moses wrote this law. This is a, new, this is a law that he's added to the rest of these laws. He wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying... At the end of seven years, in the the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law, he's talking about the book of Deuteronomy, before all Israel in their hearing gathering the people together, men and women and children and strangers that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whither you go over Jordan to possess it. So we come to this passage of Scripture. Moses has just recorded what God has given him by the inspiration of uh, of, of 
uh, his spirit to Moses. He's written all this law out in Deuteronomy, which includes the Ten Commandments, which we'll study during our Sunday school time. He's given him all these things, and he says, listen, at the end of seven years, every seven years, the entire book of Deuteronomy is to be read to the entire nation of Israel, to their children, to the parents, and even the strangers within the gates. Who's the strangers within the gates? Gentiles. Moses tells the people of Israel that God's command is to read the entirety of the book every seventh year to celebrate uh, the celebration of tabernacles. This was a unique feast that Jews celebrated that was to be an invitation of celebration not only for the Jews but for all people. This shows us that God has always had a heart for all people. This would give opportunity for all people, both Jews and Gentiles, who attended this great feast to hear of God, to learn who Jehovah is and to fear Him. And it was a callback to what God had done for the people of Israel We should also take time to reflect on the foundational truths of who God is. Because over the years, many of the foundational truths have been lost or covered by man-made ideas, standards, and interpretations. This is a natural tendency for all of us. And this is why it's good for us to once in a while to go back and examine and see where maybe our foundation has become unstable with the weight of our own ideas. Again, this comes from a deep, passionate area that God has been working in my own life. So don't be surprised as we look at foundational truths if you realize that some of the sure foundation that you think you had aren't mere facades hiding the lack of foundation that should be there. Lord willing, this will be a year of repair, reassurance, and reinforcement. You have a choice, though. Are you going to... Let God's word dictate what needs to change in your life. Or are you going to be stuck in your own stubborn ways and say, it doesn't matter. I believe this way. This is the way it has to be. It doesn't matter what somebody's teaching me from the word of God. Well, does it really matter who's teaching the word of God? I mean, in a way, yes. But who should be teaching us the word of God? The Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important for you to be in his word. Interesting thing about the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, God, ha- uh, Jesus had something similar when you come to the New Testament, something that I would like to actually pray about doing this year. Uh, when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, so the Feast of Tabernacles, this was within their own city. They invited everybody within their own city to come who wanted to know about God and wanted the peace of God in their lives. And so they would pray over them at the Feast of Tabernacles that God would give peace to the city. That God would give peace to those communities as they would invite their neighbors to come and have a feast. And that they would pray over every person, even the stranger in that place, and pray over them. Jesus did the similar thing when it comes to the New Testament. He sent his disciples two by two to the communities that were surrounding them. And you know what he commanded them to do? To find a house that desired the peace of God and went into that house and then invited all the community to come enjoy a meal, and pray over the peace of that community. One of the things that I have a vision for us doing this year, and I already have one person that's volunteered, is uh, is to go to a community, a neighborhood, and have a, what, what some people would call a block party, and invite everybody in that community, in that neighborhood, to come and enjoy a meal together. Hot dogs, hamburgers, the church would take care of it. 
We would invite everybody to come. And what we would do before we start the meal is pray for the peace of God in every home in that neighborhood and pray that God would open up opportunities to have gospel conversations with the people in that neighborhood. Now, the way that we would do that is we wouldn't bring the whole church to the neighborhood. We would take one or two strategic people, uh, strategic families to come and be there and to sit down and try to have conversations with the community and as God opens the door to speak the gospel, speak the gospel. Do it the way that Jesus Christ set his disciples out and the way that we see here in Deuteronomy that God set up the Feast of Tabernacles. So, uh, um, number two, what will we learn by going back to the basics? All right, so now we're in our, in our main text, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 24. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts spink- sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. These are the theme verses for the year. The theme foundations comes from verse number 23. But in order to hold fast, we have to understand the foundations of what we believe. So the first thing we see underneath this is what will we learn by going back to the basics is we see how do we hold fast the profession of our faith. In that first verse, it said, let us draw near. The word draw near, it means to come close to someone or something. Think of the story of Mary and Martha. Martha is busy, uh, busying herself with making the house look all nice and perfect for the visit of Jesus. But Mary is nowhere to be found. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus learning. Jesus tells Martha it would have been better for her to sit as her sister did at his feet. It's a picture of drawing near. That's found in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. We won't look for time's sake, but write that down. Go look at that story. You know, some of us worry too much about what the walls of our house look like that we fail to look at the foundation of our house. We fail to draw near to Jesus. Drawing near to Jesus, when your foundation is strong, the rest of the house will be taken care of. Don't look at the beauty of your walls and ignore the foundation. Mary was busy trying to sweep her house and make it look all clean and right. But where was she truly found what needs to be done in her life? By sitting at the feet of Jesus. Not only do we see he calls us to draw near, then he says, with a true heart. The word true heart means genuineness. God's desire for us is to have a genuineness in our lives to live for him. Here, he's not looking for you to go through the motions. He's looking for hearts who will be genuine about worship and our faith and our struggles. And, And why wouldn't we be genuine? If God already knows everything about us, doesn't he know if we're being genuine or not? Part of the reason we need to go back to the foundational truths is because many times, over time, we've forgotten why we serve God in the first place. We just go through the motions. Well, I have to read my Bible because I'm a Christian. And then you read your Bible and get nothing from it. 
because you're not reading it in genuineness. I have to go to church because that's where I'm expected. And I want everybody to see me there. That's not genuineness. That's genuine hypocrisy. That's not genuineness to Christ. When we come to the book of Revelation, we see a church that has done this very thing. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Listen to what Jesus says to them. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and hast not fainted. Those are all good things, seemingly. But then listen to what he says. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. And we're going to look at that uh, later on when we begin looking at uh, one of the commands of Christ. He tells us uh, to re- repent and to remember where we came from. But we see this church. Man, they were, they, they, they were on fire. They were doing what was right. The church at Ephesus had forgotten, though, their, in their pursuit of righteousness, that their duty was not to only call out sin of everyone else, but to genuinely love God and to love others. They did right by pointing people away from false doctrine, but they missed the foundational truth that they were to point these people to Christ. They were trying to be righteousness in their own way and trying to be righteous in their own way. Yeah, it was great that they spoke against false doctrine. But what were they doing as they spoke against false doctrine? They're saying you can't even come into the church because they are false doctrine. I'm going to turn away you that are evil because I don't want you part of our church. You know what? We ought to be saying bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. When Jesus said uh, in in the parables of the lost coin and the lost uh, uh, the lost sheep and the lost uh, and the lost son, when that lost sheep was out, who was he seeking after? He was seeking for the sinner to bring them to the fold. He was seeking for the lost man to bring them to Christ. He wasn't looking for someone who already knew Christ. He was bringing them in. And so this church in Ephesus had gotten to the place where they were so repulsed by sin, they're like, it can't even come into our doors. But the church ought to be the very safest place for anyone to come in and hear of Jesus Christ. Anyone should be welcome to come into the church. But sometimes we get so self-righteous. Because we built on the wrong foundation. Then we see a full assurance of faith. If you look there again in that first verse, let us draw near with a genuine, true heart in full assurance of faith. What does that mean? Full assurance of faith. It has the idea of most certain confidence. Uh, This is really important. Most means the most that you can have. Certain means that's a certain thing. And confidence is also certainty. 
It's important to revisit these foundational truths. Why? Because as life goes on, there are things that creep in and begin to cause doubts in our foundation. It could be misunderstandings of those truths, the additions of man-made traditions, the personal opinions of others, and just the weights of life that bring those doubts. But by returning to study these foundational truths, it will allow us to repair and sure up why we can have confidence and a full assurance of those matters of foundational faith. You know, my pastor often would go uh, when someone was on their deathbed and would talk to them and and he would talk to them and say, you know, you know, Christ is your savior. I'm sure I know Christ is my savior. But then there'd be some that would say, you know, I'm really scared of death. Can, Can we pray one more time? I just really want to make sure I really have the right foundation. Why? Because the cares of life sometimes can cause us to doubt the foundation that we have. Sometimes it can cause us to doubt salvation. Why? Because the cares of life can weigh very heavily. Or you might hear somebody that, some, that, that preaches something and, and, and you're like, well, you know, there's those people that will say, I go to the service and I hear about salvation and they start preaching and I, 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 I wonder if I need to get saved all over again. Well, you might need to because <laughs> you might not have had salvation in the first place. Because it should be a sure foundation that when Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and I know them. And he places us in his hand and he places us in the father's hand. And no man is able to pl- pluck them out of my hand or the Father's hand. If, you're, if you can sit there and doubt your salvation, it, it may be that either one, you need to go back and you say, hey, I need to go back and look at what the Scripture says, that when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, it was a once and done thing. Or it may be that you just prayed a prayer and you never had a foundation in Jesus Christ to begin with. And you may need to say, you know what, I need to go back and I need to look. Do I truly know Christ as my Savior? If I don't, I need to settle that now. And I need to start building my life on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, the rock. Or it may be that if you sit there and every time you hear the gospel preached, you're doubting your salvation. It may be because you have to go back and say, hey, you know what, I better make sure that I'm believing what the Word of God says. That I know, that I know, that I know that I'm saved. August 9, 2002. I grew up in a Christian home. Prayed many prayers to salvation. Four years old, eight years old. But the whole summer of 2002, I doubted my salvation. I had no peace in my life. I had no joy in my life. And on August 9, 2002, I made Jesus Christ my firm foundation in salvation. I was no longer relying on a prayer or good works or what other people said that I did at salvation to be my hope of salvation. My hope of salvation became Jesus Christ, the solid rock. And I've never doubted my salvation since. Even when I hear a gospel message preached and people preach about hell or heaven or whatever it is, I can say in my heart, I know where I'm going because I know where my foundation lies. And every person who knows Christ as their Savior ought to at least have that confidence in their life. And if you don't, You need to get that reassurance of that salvation and say, I want to believe the promises of God and what his word says. Or you might say, I don't have that foundation at all, and I want to start building on that foundation. Because let me tell you, if you're not building on that foundation, your house is going to crumble. You'll go through the rest of your life, you'll pass away, and it'll all be for nothing. 
if Jesus Christ is not that foundation of your salvation. By drawing near with a genuine heart and a confident faith, it will help us to recognize any areas that we've erred in and will allow us to be purified from those false ideas. So, we see there, how do we hold fast in our professional faith? The next thing we see is how will this hold, help others hold fast in their faith? When we have... Uh, when we visit our own foundation of faith and have straightened it out, it allows us to be an encouragement to others to hold fast to the foundations of their faith. Hebrews 10, 24, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. There's a few words that stand out in this verse. Consider. The word consider means to be attentive to. To fix our minds on. What are we to fix our minds on? One another. When you look at the church, it's not to focus on self. You ought to be focusing on the other people that sit around you and say, how can I consider them and their faith and help them build their faith? The scriptures are telling us that we are to fix our minds on others, to think about how we're affecting others by our faith. It's important for us to have a strong faith because our faith affects others around us. Have you ever had a time when your faith was shaky and someone with a, with a strong faith came along beside you and it became an encouragement and a strength to your own faith? God desires to use your faith to help others as well. And then the second word is provoke. The word provoke means to urge or incite to do something. The purpose of our fixing our minds on others is to live in such a way that it urges that others to grasp a hold of the same faith and move forward in their own faith. The purpose of that considering and provoking is to push us towards the fruit of our faith. The fruit of our faith will be a love for God and a love for others, which produces and pushes us towards serving God and others with good works that points others towards faith. Number three, how will we learn these basic truths? We're just about done. How will we learn these basic truths? While, while praying and planning for this year, I took time to write down a plan of action for how to ex execute what I believe the Holy Spirit is leading us as a church for this year. I want to share a vision with you and encourage you to be a part of all the services that you're able to be a part of. Pastor, are you going to look down on us if we don't make it to a service? Absolutely not. Whoever said yes, they don't know their pastor very well. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to look down on you, but I want to encourage you, be here. Be here for every service that you're able to. Sunday school, Sunday morning. If you can't make the morning service, come in the afternoon. I'm going to preach the same message. Wednesday night, be here as often as you can. If you can't be here in person, guess what? We're, we're trying to make it where you have that available to you at all times. I want to share the vision and encourage you to be a part of all the services that you can. If you can't attend a service, we're going to try to make it available through various means. You can join us live on YouTube on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Um, those services are also recorded and kept on, on our YouTube page. We also take our Sunday morning messages, and we're going to be taking our Sunday school lessons uh, that we're doing as well, and we're going to turn those into podcasts. So if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can find it on there. On Facebook... We put a five-day devotional out that's taken from the main points of our services on Sundays, messages. And we've given access to everyone uh, through the Right Now Media app to have a Bible lessons available to watch throughout the week. Why do we do that? Because we've got to build on the right foundation. 
And I want to continue and encourage you to do that. I believe that we are on the verge of seeing God do an even greater thing in our church and in our community. But it requires us as his children to get involved and to allow him to build and strengthen our foundations. So, are you ready to buckle up and go along for the ride? I know I am. And I hope that you'll join me. Here's our plan of action to get back to the basics. In Sunday school, all teachers in all classes will be teaching the same lessons for the duration of the year from the New City Catechism. A catechism is a summary of Christian beliefs we want to teach to every class in the church because it will strengthen our faith. It will give us conversations to have with our families and will allow us to be moving in the same direction. God wants us as a church to be moving in the same direction. Sunday services. Uh, the preaching, we'll be preaching through the commands of Christ as found in the New Testament. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In the Great Commission, notice that Jesus said to teach all nations the gospel, to baptize, and to teach the things that he's commanded for the next year on Sunday services. We're going to be focusing on the 50 commands of Christ. If Christ told us to teach his commands, don't you think it's important to look at everything in the lens of what he taught? And then Wednesday night Bible studies, we have... Uh, a discussion group on basic um, theology in a systematic, uh, systematic way. And actually the first part of the year, we're going to be going through discipleship material because I think those show us foundational things. Then we're going to start looking at some theological things like, hey, uh, uh, here's some of the subjects that we'll look at. The inspiration of the scriptures, the theology of God, God's creation, the theology of Jesus, the importance of the Holy Spirit, and a whole lot more. Those are all important to our Christian faith. These will help give you a solid foundation on the basic doctrines of the Bible. So to conclude, I, I want us to do something unusual today. Um, Brother Mark, if you'll go ahead and uh, in just a moment we'll play some music over there, over the speakers. Today I'm going to ask us to do something unusual. I know I've given you a lot of information today. I've cast our vision for 2024 and I hope that you're going to jump in and immerse yourself in learning these foundational truths this year. During the invitation today, this is what's going to be unusual. I would like to ask every one of you to come. Come with your family. I know the kids are in the back. We won't worry about them, but I still want you to pray for your family. I want everyone to come. And I want us to pray as a family. And your prayer can be something to this effect. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. And then we're going to play music, invite everybody to come, take time to pray. You don't have to bow down here at the, uh, there's a B there, hi B. Um, you don't have to bow down, you don't have to get on your knees if you can't, if you just want to stand, but come. And I want you to pray something to this effect. That's going to be on live stream, and that's going to be on the, on, on the podcast now, me saying hi to a B. What a weirdo. Um <laughs> This is the prayer I would like, us, like you to pray something like. God, please help us to be able to faithfully be at church this year and help us learn from the truths you plan to teach us this year. 
If my foundation is broken, help it be repaired. If I have doubt in the foundational truths, give me reassurance. And in areas that I'm strong in, use this year to bring reinforcement to that foundation. Help me to build my life on the solid rock of your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something to that effect. And so I'm going to pray, then we'll stand to our feet, and I invite you all, come. Pray something similar to that, that God would help you. Pastor, that's weird, though. God sees your heart. He just wants you to be genuine. There's nothing weird about coming as a family and praying together as a family, as a church, or as an individual family. There's nothing weird about it. In fact, God wants us to do more of that. You love your church family? Don't you want to see God do great things in our lives this year? We ought to pray for each other. That's a foundational truth. We have to do it at the altar? No, not necessarily. I'm requesting it. I'm not going to come down there if you say, I'm not going to come to the altar. I'm not going to come down and grab you by the arm and say, come on, let's pray at the altar. <laughs> but I am encouraging you. It would be wonderful if every single one of us would bring that to him and say, God, this year, help me be faithful. God, this year, build my foundation. Reinforce it. Rebuild it. Strengthen it where it needs to be strengthened. And we'll thank you for it. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everyone who was able to be here with us today. Lord, I am so eager to see what you have for us this year. I can hardly stand it. Because, God, I really believe that you have great things in store for Victory Baptist Church and for Fallon, Nevada, and for individual families and the body of Christ in this community this year. But, God, we've got to be building on the solid foundation of your word and what your word says in context and being sold to your Holy Spirit and letting us follow you and direct our lives.